Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It took a while for me to really understand what they were. At first, it looked like it was just like giant hands. Yeah. And then the giant hands, it's like it was like a finger would lift up and then it'd be some more small hands. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie in a Pod. I am Clyde Smith. And I am Javier Villalobos. On this week's episode, we're discussing the trailers for The Northman, I Want You Back, the season finale of Hawkeye, and our Movie of the Week, Arrival. All right, buddy. Let's uh, talk about this uh, Alexander Skarsgård vehicle. Um, this dude was—he's trying to do it, man. I—I I, I see what he's trying to do here. He wants to have some good roles under his belt. Maybe has like a trilogy type thing. Um, you know, a lot of actors want those movies that they can always come back to. Yeah. The Terminator for Arnold, Bruce Willis has Die Hard, Lethal Weapon for those guys. Uh, you know, the 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 Rock has anything The Rock does. Um, all all movies for him. Yeah. Exactly, everything, <laughs> anything he wants to be in. Hey, can I be? Hey, can I be in your movie? Sure. Um, yep. You know, Vin Diesel in uh, Family Times. Um, that's what I'm calling the Fast and Furious <laughs> series for now on. By the way, perfect. Uh, just fa- Family Times. Um, but no, man, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, uh, the son of the legendary actor Stellan Skarsgård is in the Northmen. Talk to me, man. What'd you think about this movie? This trailer? Yeah. I always enjoy these, uh, kind of Norse Viking mythology movies, right? It's, it's grounded on some levels, but there's like just that little hint of, I guess the only really word to say is, is magic, I guess. Yeah. So, so this one doesn't seem like that's going to be an outrageous part of the movie, but it's like, I couldn't tell for sure, but I don't know if this guy's got somehow gets some kind of strength. And then there's the, the female that gets, she has some kind of mind control or something, right? Yeah. So I like those movies that, that tread that, you know, there's a story, there's a good story, but there's also that little bit of, we can go off in this direction and have some magical, mythical stuff as well. Yeah, man, this movie looks intense. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's a revenge flick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always a sucker for those. I always like to see how they're going to come back and avenge their father or mother yes. or dog, if we're talking John Wick, right? Um you know, I, I like seeing this. I like seeing them become a like a boy to to a man, and then having to go out and and avenge the family. That's what looks cool about it, man. Uh, you know, Alexander Sarsgaard, he's a big guy. You know, he's built like a brick shit house as well. This is something that I'm not excited to like see in the theaters, man. But if this is on a uh, streaming service, yeah, I'll definitely yeah. Check it out, man. But I'm not gonna be in the first one. And the reason why, right? I 
actually was excited for this guy go, go see what he's going to do after uh, True Blood. He was in True Blood. You know, he was one of my favorite characters on there. Um, and he did Tarzan, The Legend of Tarzan or whatever, a couple years years ago hmm. with Margot Robbie, actually. Um, and I wanted that to be a better movie than what it was. <laughs> and I walked yeah. out. I was like, um, yeah, just didn't do the thing. Now, he can act. And I guess it was the script and everything that it was, but mm-hmm. it, I, I would like to. I want to see something he can sink his teeth in and actually get, that I can get behind. And hopefully, it's this. I'm not gonna right. pay money. Once again, I'm not gonna pay money to, to see it, but hopefully, it is this. So. <laughs> it's kind of hard to follow up uh, Brandon Fazer as Tarzan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he was he was a uh, Tarzan and Encino man. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was a. Uh... I'm sorry. He was George's Georgia Jungle. Jungle. Yes, it was. Same thing. Same, same thing. I'm same sorry. thing. I'm sorry. Bro. That's the you same know, movie. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, uh, dude. Let's talk Charlie Day and Jenny Slate. <laughs> I want you back, man. Talk to me yeah. about this trailer. Uh, this concept is pretty hilarious. I think uh, you got two friends that I guess they're trying to get back with their exes, but their exes are over them and are now with new significant others. And these two are not over their exes. And it's just a it's just a mess of planning on how to break them up. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and the the trailer. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. Charlie Day. You see him around a lot right he's been around for a minute well so what, what was he in uh always sunny in philadelphia always sunny right. um the horrible bosses yeah uh, uh and who, what's the one with uh I, I, ice cube yeah <laughs> school fight or after school fight or something like I, that I yeah. Remember, yeah so it's good to see him leading something like this fist fight fist fight was the name you'll you'll gotcha. edit that right for us yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you're you're we'll over cool. nine right now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it sound cool, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Dude, I really like Jenny Slate, man. She is she is like the crop <laughs> of of females that I really yeah. love to watch on screen because not only can they act, man, they're just hilarious, right? Yes. And and she has always brought that type of like quirky, nerdy, sexy look about her always. Mm-hmm. And you know she's bringing that here. It's just gonna be a good time, man. This oh, yeah. is one where it's just like, yo, let's go definitely let, let let's go see this, man. This is definitely a theater movie. We just want to laugh for mm-hmm. two hours or whatever. Just have a good time. Luckily, it's on Amazon Prime, so we don't have to leave the couch. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Very fine for that, dude. So you come over here, I go over there, whatever you want to do, man, and we'll make it happen, buddy. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely do that. I'll, I'll run a popcorn machine, and we can smell up my whole house with that thing. How's that sound? I'll bring the Raisinets. I won't forget the Raisinets. Ooh, that's a callback. <laughs> All right. Dude, let's just go right into it, man. Uh, I said last week that there was two more episodes of Hawkeye. Clearly, I lied, um, and I apologize. I did. There was there was That's one right. more, <laughs> and I was <laughs> I was like, uh, what what did I miss? Did I miss one? Am I week behind? What's happening? <laughs> and you just let me rock with it too. I, I was I was really concerned for a few minutes. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Did I miss one last week? I can swear I watched last week's episode. That's fine. It worked itself out. <laughs> oh man, this was um, this was a great episode, man. This was. Let's talk yeah. about these mini series as a whole um, for a, a second. A second here, so we've had uh, WandaVision, we've had Falcon and Winter Soldier, we've had Loki. Now we've had mm-hmm. this Hawkeye. These are great, man. These are fun little mini adventures that these yeah. Marvel characters go on or go through in Wanda's 
world, but um, it is exciting to see the world building. I think I talked about that before. Yeah. But to see the world open up for Marvel, you can tell a story over six or seven episode miniseries and get so much character development. More than you can within the, the two and a half hour Eternals movie or uh, Spider-Man yeah. No Way Home, right? Like where it's hard to focus just on one person or, or, or one thing. Exactly. This is centered, man. Where You can tell a story about everybody and everybody has a little bit to do this season finale man just just wraps everything up yeah and they just kind of pluck other people right they just pick pick people up out of nowhere and put them in these shows like uh other superheroes or just other characters and they just pick them up from another movie and drop them right in yeah or they're picking up new people and putting them in so that they can show up later on, just kind of setting the the foundation for those characters. Like, uh, was it Monica Rambo from yeah, yeah. Uh, in Wandavision? You know, she's supposed to be a, a big time uh, superhero. Which they put her in there, just just set her in there right at the end. Um, we got to see some more of Yelena, which is awesome. But even like before that, right? There is like Rambo was. Uh, Captain Marvel's uh, mom, be- best friend's yes. daughter. So we saw her as a kid. Yes. And then we saw her as an Correct. adult. So it's just a lot of world building. You were saying something about Yelena? Oh, I just we just got to see her come back here. And yeah. no telling where she's going from here. True. Uh, you know, same with like uh, Wyatt Russell as the other Captain America. Yeah. You know, he turns into somebody else. You know, it's a whole thing, man. And it, and it, like you say, it just gives them that that open, kind of that open door to just let anybody come in that they want and build it up and keep having us so excited because we never know what's going to happen. Right? We don't, man. Gosh. And they don't let you know. Nobody, nobody can talk. They're just like lasers pointing at everybody's head when they're having interviews and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I do like uh, speaking of that. Uh, it was always Tom Holland on like Instagram <laughs> Live or something, where like he would. It was, obviously it was like a skit, but he would always give away like the the title of the movie or something like yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> it was always like in the background or like on a piece of paper yeah. that he had in in frame, which was cool. But no, they are sworn to secrecy, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like the interviews too. Like uh, when they, especially when like. Kevin uh, Feige's in them. Yeah. And they're all talking and then like the host will say something and then you see like all of the younger actors look up at him like uh, am I allowed to talk? Am I not? <laughs> and just let you know how, how secretive they are about everything. It's great. It just keeps you excited. That's the thing, man. I, I don't like spoilers. I, I don't like to mm-hmm. get into all the theories, what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I just want to see it on screen, man. But no, dude, getting back to this final episode of Hawkeye, they made some arrows, bro. Yes. That was badass. <laughs> and like, and like, that, was, <laughs> that was dope to see that scene, right? Where he, you know, he used obviously like Stark tech and everything before because that was super easy. Yeah. But he's an archer by trade. He can create his own arrows. He can create all his trick arrows. So... Yeah. The fact that he was able to do that and they showed that. Yeah, I love the the labels, man. You said that's just a callback to a little earlier where they were trying to figure out which ones were the most dangerous ones. <laughs> that is and, just great uh, writing, man. Yeah. <laughs> she has a stupid label maker there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Um, oh, favorite scene so from this episode, man. Talk to me. Oh, it definitely have to be uh, the fight between Kate and Yelena in the building. Yeah. Like, as they're coming out the elevator, these two just work so well together. Yeah. Even with fighting, with dialogue, and it's so funny. But that scene, it was like two friends were fighting, right? Because Yelena didn't really want to hurt her. Yeah. So, it was just like a funny kind of sister, like... Just pushing each other around. <laughs> it's just so funny. They're so funny together. That was my favorite. What about you? And I think that's important, right, for uh, Yelena. 
she doesn't have a sister anymore. And the fact that she was able to, in a weird way, connect with Kate. Kate's also not the target. So Kate's also not the target where, yeah, you know, she's like, stop or, you know, I don't want to kill you. (laughs) I'm going after Clint. (laughs) But I do think that 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 was growth for Yelena, knowing that she does not have Natasha anymore where you might see her really get close with Kate. They might have like some sisterly bond. Who knows? Yeah, but that would be cool. Awesome. Favorite scene for me, man, is that ice scene was just them on the ice or whatever was pretty awesome. <laughs> but I oh, will yeah. say I will say this. When <laughs> when Clint was in the tree, right? And the, and like the LARPers was like, all right, we got to go suit up, right? It's just, yeah. <laughs> we we've, like, we've oh, trained for this. <laughs> I think then, then he sees him come out, right? He's like, yeah, we're all going to die. I love, I love, exactly. That's my favorite line because like that's, that's Clint, Bar- that's Hawkeye right there, right? Like, yep, yeah. we're, we're not going to make it here, guys. Like, <laughs> and... <laughs> Like, Jeremy Renner plays him a little darker, even through all the movies. He plays him a little darker than he is in the comics, because he is a wise guy. Mm-hmm. He's kind of, he's like, cracking jokes and stuff all the time. He's, mm-hmm. he's really cocky. Um, but when you have an actor like Jeremy Renner, who he is confident in his mm-hmm. skills, but not, like, cocky and, and talking shit and everything the entire time. Uh, he's just a realist, man. He is a realist, to, <laughs> like, to a fault. Yeah, we're all gonna die. Like, it's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> oh man, uh, I think second for me is probably the owl after he shoots the pim arrow. Yeah, at that van. <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> what happens now? And then <laughs> Al comes and takes the little truck away. I guess that's what happens now. I mean, no. do you, do you think about like what happens if they open the door? Like, what would happen? I mean, I think they just stay tiny, right? I I I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> or or like or like what happens? What happened in um to the van and Ant Man and Wasp where the van goes small, and if they pop out, are they gonna stay small? Are they gonna get big again? Are they gonna go into the quantum realm? Like, what's going on here? Right? I have so right. many questions. And quantum mania, I'm gonna have so many questions lined up for you. Yes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> and then we and then we had the fight with uh Kate and Kingpin. Because Kingpin's obviously mm. trying to kill her mom. But that fight, like, he was trying not to hurt this girl. Right. But she held her own, dude. My man ripped the door off a car. <laughs> he's, he's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> he just straight ripped the door off. And then she starts to like, well, she like to shot like two arrows at him. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> did they even like, did, did they even like penetrate him at all? You know what I mean? So nah, man, this was, you know, she had to put her mom behind bars for the death of the guy earlier. I thoroughly love this one, man. This is, there's like Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then this man, the, the, the those mm-hmm. two, have been fantastic. Mind you, Agreed. they're more the type of Marvel characters that I like or more grounded in reality and mm-hmm. they're us and they just have to get through whatever the hell they have to get through. So yeah, Anthony <laughs> Mackey's, you know, Falcon. Yeah, he's a real, he's a real dude. No super, no superpowers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Yeah. He's an expert marksman. Um, that's it. Otherwise, he's a regular ass dude. Those are interesting <laughs> concepts to me, man. You make some dope trick arrows. Oh, dude, the best. <laughs> you want to take a take one second and and talk about Free Guy just for a couple minutes here? Uh, yeah. Just go. <laughs> we're, we're we're recording. <laughs> yes, just go. Damn it. So, <laughs> so. I know it's been out for a minute now, and once it came out, you know, I never went to see it, and it just kind of lingered there forever, and I kept seeing stuff about it, seeing stuff about it, and I just never went and watched it. It's New Guy's... New Guy. I said New Guy. What the hell is New Guy? That is uh, also a movie that's pretty fantastic. Talk about that new, later. 
The new guy? Or is it the new guy or, or new... What did I say? New guy. What's the... DJ Qual, I think is his name. <laughs> Dude, we gotta do that movie one time. It's so corny. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. Three guys what we're talking about here. Yeah. Okay. Talk to <laughs> R- me. Ryan Sorry. Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I just saw it somewhere and I, was, and I was sitting on the couch. I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this movie right now. So... I ordered it on Amazon Prime. It was like six dollars. Yeah, you paid double. It's fine for Ryan Reynolds. Three dollars goes towards his uh, aviation gin. So <laughs> <laughs> I went into the movie knowing a lot about it already, and as a person who really enjoys these types of worlds and kind of getting out of the the everyday thing, it was fun to see like that concept of you know that NPC like. You know, when you're playing Grand Theft Auto and you're running over people and you're playing any other games and, you know, what happens to these people? What do they do? Yes, that's exactly the concept of this, yeah. I I think he did a fantastic job of kind of showing you, like, you know, these people have lives. Okay, think about it a little bit. (laughs) They're not good lives. They're They're not good lives at all. (laughs) I don't know. I really enjoyed it, man. It's kind of hard to to really talk about it for people who haven't seen the movie. Screw it. We're going to spoil the crap out of it here. But I just mean like uh, what he's he's doing. You know, he's he's a guy who's an AI or he he develops into an AI, right? At first, he's just an NPC. He's just a... He walks the path every day. He does his thing. The players that come into the game. For those people who don't know what every NPC day they, stands for, it's a non-playable character. So that person yes. that you run over every time you play Grand Theft Auto, yes, yep. that person. Um, <laughs> so the non-playable character is what it stands yeah. for. So when you run over them, understand they have a home too, okay? They have oh, doctor's yeah. bills, yeah. so so let's not run over them, okay? They're just trying to buy some kicks. That's it, bro. <laughs> get to... <laughs> uh, I just wanted to mention, I know you watched it too when it first came out. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it a whole lot. Dude, it was I awesome. I watched it a couple times. It, it was fantastic, bro. It's one of those where like, you don't have to think much. Turn your brain off. Yeah. Just enjoy this beautiful world. Enjoy the comedy. Like enjoy the beautiful Jodie Comer, right? And and uh, you know the sexy ass Ryan Reynolds, and <laughs> them just on screen together. Fantastic, ladies, mm-hmm. gentlemen, whoever's listening, whatever your Whoa. taste is. Guess what? Also, Channing Tatum is in this movie, okay? And he's pop locking and dropping, okay? I know we talk about oh, this yeah. guy a lot on this pod, but. <laughs> Okay, man's doing his thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> when I saw this man, when I saw him dance across, I was like, "Is that that's Janet?" When he slides down the rail of the stairs, <laughs> like the spiral rail, yeah. and I saw, and he was just like dropped in, dude. Oh my gosh, so good. His energy when he did that was like yeah. straight faced. I'm cool. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, Free Guy is a is a fantastic movie, man. Now, that's, yeah. it was oh, it's yeah. a it's a great concept, and they delivered with every beat. Thoroughly enjoyed that one, man. I'm glad that you did mm-hmm. as well. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Coffee. Uh, something that we never talk about are the amazing vehicles in these movies, man. That we watch. I mean. Let's talk about our top phase, bro, for a second. Yeah, man. That Ashton Martin DB5 from James Bond, acclaimed, just mm. fantastic. That 89 Batmobile. Tim Burton's Batmobile, Michael Keaton's Batmobile, just yes. badass, iconic. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm not a muscle car type of guy, but Eleanor, that 67 Mustang yeah. Shelby GT500 from Gone in 60 Seconds. Whew. You got me there. Oh, that's a perfect car, man. <laughs> you know, and probably super iconic more than any of those other ones is that DeLorean time machine from Back to the Future. Yeah. Like that was a character itself and just fantastic, brother. Just classic dope vehicles that helped out our protagonist get through their, their movie, man. What are some of your favorites? Of course, the DeLorean. 100% agree with that one. Oh, fantastic. My 
Mine are a lot of muscle cars, man. Uh, 1977 Pontiac Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. Fire. Dom's 1970 Charger from the first Fast and the Furious. Interesting fact, I have a photo next to one of those cars that I took at Universal Studios when I was younger. Ooh, ooh, nice. nice. Uh, 1958 Plymouth Fury from Christine. And that Ferrari 250 GT from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Dude, that one from Ferris Bueller's, man, is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite? Well, it's going to have definitely have to be Dom's Charger overall. Uh, just American muscle. No matter where you go, these things make a statement. Yeah. What about you? Which one would you choose? It's that DB5, man. It's the ultimate spy car. Like, I love James Bond. I always wanted to be a spy. Uh, you know, this car has pop-out gun barrels behind the front headlights, revolving license plate, a champagne cooler in the armrest, smoke screen, oil slick. This car just screams badassery, man. Like, I wouldn't use any of those things, but super cool. Let me ask you a question, though. Do you have to have a license to kill to drive it? You know what? You probably should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, team. So we want to hear about your favorite movie vehicles. You know the socials. Movie in a Pod on Facebook and at Movie in a Pod on Twitter and Instagram. All right, JV, let's go ahead and hop into our Movie of the Week, man. You ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. We got Arrival. This movie dropped in theaters in the good year of 2016. Uh, a couple other flicks that dropped was Assassin's Creed, Central Intelligence, Keeping Up with the Joneses, Office Christmas Party. That's a fantastic flick. Nice. It's a good uh, one. Yeah. Split, X-Men Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when the X-Men went to go fight Ivan Ooze. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then a really good Ben Affleck movie, like surprising <laughs> the accountant. That was actually a really good Ben Affleck flick, man. <laughs> I, I want to see his character in, in that world some more, but, uh, arrival <laughs> is directed by, uh, Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve, nice. Villan Villanova, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to pronounce your name, bro. One day I will, though. Yeah, we'll we'll cut one you... of those. We'll figure out which one's the right one, and we'll... I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, at least I've stopped saying Dennis as your first name, okay? So I there's I've grown, okay? Um, we also have this movie written by Eric... I'm going to butcher the shit out of this, and I apologize. Eric Heischerer, Hess Hesserer... Javi, what the, what was just, the budget? Just say that. Just say the first one, and you just got to say it with confidence, and that's how that's how I do it. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll work on that next. I'll work on that other <laughs> the next Dennis Villanueva movie. It, okay, say it wrong with confidence. That's how that's how we gotta gotta get through it. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, this one had a forty-seven million dollar budget, and box office brought in. Two hundred and three point four million. So this one made some bank. Oh yeah. I'm just gonna hit our top three characters here. Yeah. Uh, we have Amy Adams as Louise Banks, Jeremy Renner as Ian Donnelly, and Forrest Whitaker as Colonel G. T. Weber. Yes, sir. All right, JV. Um, like you do so eloquently every single week, brother. Uh, just give us that. Give us that quick synops. Yeah, I don't really have a a good one for this one, mainly because like the movie's not like it, it take a long time to really explain the whole movie because of what it is. <laughs> so I'm just gonna go with uh, Clint Barton and Lois Lane take an alien language class. <laughs> How's that? Let's- Let's go. <laughs> I mean, it's just a, it's a the the plot is is really wild. So yeah, kind of hard to shove that into a quick thing. But that's basically what they do. <laughs> I love it. I love it, dude. Now nah, let's jump right into this here. So we have uh, a world. Let's call it uh, I don't know, planet Earth. Seems fair. And we have twelve spacecrafts 
uh, basically chilling over various locations on Earth. Yeah. That's basically what happens the first, what, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of the movie? The first thing we do as humans is mount up and we're ready to kill and destroy. Um, of course. That's what we do as, as human beings, right? Something comes out of the sky, it's got to be evil, right? Got to be evil. The countries of the planets work together to determine why these uh, spacecraft aliens are here. Uh basically trying to determine if they're friend or foe. That's the big thing, man. Um, with everybody on Earth on Edge, there's a linguist and a uh, physicist work to work against the clock to find out why the aliens are here. I don't know, man. Um, this alone, very dope plot. Uh, this brings you in wanting to know yeah. what happens next, man. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the opener, it really doesn't help you any. Yeah. And honestly, the, the, not, nothing in the movie helps you until the very end of the movie. Yeah. I think that's what made the plot, like you said, pretty wild. It's like you think you know what's going on, but you you, you really never do. You really never understand it till the end of the movie. But getting there and being chauffeured by uh, Amy Adams and... Jeremy Renner was fantastic. It's not a big action movie. It's a lot of... It's a thinker, right? It's a lot of... Di- well, yeah, I mean, the whole movie is based on dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's, that's what they're yeah. trying to figure out, you know, how, how to communicate. But it really took me to, like, the end of the movie to really appreciate the movie, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. This is one of those movies, man. You know, I always think back to... And I, I grew up watching, sitting down and watching movies with my mom. And she's really good at figuring out who the killer is or what the plot is or what they're trying to do, like, 30 minutes into a movie. And <laughs> right. she would sit there and just spoil it for me. I'm, I'm like, hooked in, locked in. Like, if you, like the bone collector, uh, Denzel Washington mm-hmm. and Angelina jo- Jolie. 20 minutes into that movie, my, my mom goes, yeah, the doctor's the killer. I'm like, no, he's not. How the hell? You don't know that. <laughs> 12 minutes left in the damn movie. She goes, bingo. I'm like, wow. Uh, this Jane, movie, I'm though? <laughs> yeah, she's like, yep, not interested in this movie anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Arrival, it's not, you're right, it's not until those last 12 minutes where you realize, wait, this is why they're here on Earth. Yeah. You know, this makes sense, right? And it's a, it's that onion peel that, it's that unraveling that Denny does in all of his movies. They're all slow burn. They're all character driven. There's a lot of deep, thought-provoking dialogue. And it's just the same in this movie. Let's hop into these characters, man. We got Amy Adams, Louise Banks, uh, a college professor who's a linguist. And she gets recruited to study the craft hanging out in Montana. So that's where most of the movie takes place is here in mm-hmm. the great state of Montana. Uh, Banks is quiet, smart, deliberate with her words and our eyes into this experience. Yeah. And she just gets thrown into it. <laughs> like She's just like sitting at her desk. And then the next day she's standing in front of the, the aliens. <laughs> like well, I mean uh Donnelly was too. They're the same way. They're just like, okay. She's <laughs> Amy Adams is a type type of uh actress who she's so good at being very like lively and amazing and like, you know, the the most important person in the room, right? She did that mm-hmm. by playing Lois Lane. Uh this movie, she, you know, she's our holdover from last week with Women in the Window. This movie and last week's movie, she also has that, like, deadpan kind of dead eye. I don't I don't know how to describe it, man, but there's, like, no life yeah. there, right? And you don't know why. Yeah, just, just emotionless. Yeah, that's the word, yes. There's no clues to how she's feeling, like, if she's scared or she's... Uh, she's happy or whatever. It's just like a very neutral aura. Yeah, man. Like how she experiences this life changing event is how we see this play out each and everything. So it's just like an unraveling every time that she learns something new or understands or tries to go back into the the spacecraft and understand uh, the aliens, these creatures, the, the, these uh, heptopods. 
we'll talk about them in a little bit, dude. Fire. You know, we, we do see in the beginning of the movie that, uh, you know, her daughter dies at the age of 12 from an incurable d- disease. That definitely plays a factor in her life and how she operates, um, which we see that, but then it kind of throws us for a loop at the end. But let's move forward. We got the great Jeremy Renner, <laughs> Ian Donnelly, a physicist who assists Banks with trying to figure out why the aliens are here on planet Earth. As, as emotionless... And quiet and subdued as Banks is, you have this physicist and Donnelly, who is the exact opposite. <laughs> right. He he's cool, calm, and collected, you know, but he has a lot of emotion. He also like shows that he's amazed with how chill Banks is at this event, right? Like he just kinda he mm-hmm. kinda brings that. He's just like, How are you? This has that look, right? And the way yeah. that these characters interact with each other it's less dialogue about each other and more just like their facial expressions, how they're, mm-hmm. how they're, their body language with each other, right? Like how they're looking at each other where you're just like, yeah, they're talking and trying to understand each other without saying anything, man. And that just goes yeah. to having great actors and the great shot. I, I just love that, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does work as the character that Banks can bounce her thoughts off of, right? Banks is our main protagonist here. Um, Donnelly is the character who, you know, in movies, you can't talk to yourself. You can, and it's been done. Mm-hmm. But in the real world, you're going to, you know, that's all inner thoughts. Yeah. In order for us as the audience to know what the hell is going on in her head because she's emotionless, right? You have Donnelly (laughs) where she's going to, you know, dialogue, watermelon, cantaloupe, back and forth. So we're like, oh, this is what she's thinking. This is what's going on in her head now. That was a good role. And, you know, Jeremy Renner killed it. Killed it, man. Yeah, he's uh, very uh, sidekick-ish, right? Yeah. Like, uh she's got these thoughts and she's trying to figure this stuff out and he's kind of the the planner the the one that's backing her up to execute her plans yeah but she's the one that you know just takes her mask off and takes off running yeah <laughs> right uh so yeah he was a he was really good in that role and kind of nerdy a little bit nerdy kind of towards the end kind of takes on that protective role as well. Yeah, yeah, man. Love the evolution of his, his character, man. Let's talk about Force Whitaker. Last character I, I want to talk about here, Colonel G. T. Weber. Mm-hmm. It's Force Whitaker for one, man. And I, whatever this guy does, for as long as he's been doing it, you know, he's one of the best actors. And Force Whitaker's just cool he's, guy. He's cool, and he's all he's always a strong leader. Yeah, yeah, he like does he's that always very well, man. Yeah, he, he's. <laughs> He's the deepest voice in the room. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, you know, given direction and stuff like that, that really works for him. Yeah, man. He's the uh, hard-nosed military man who actually wants to work to a peaceful resolution, not just blow these things yeah. up or, or try to. Uh, yeah. But also, you know, has other branches of the military and probably the White House on his back. Uh, wanting a military strike oh, or yeah. something of that nature. Why? Because yeah. this is what we do in America, okay? We like to blow <laughs> shit up, okay? You come down, you come out of my clouds, okay? You, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can't even finish this bit, man. Yeah. <laughs> you come down out of my clouds, okay? We got a we got an AR for you, brother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see like I would love to see like some some guy like that would have been a great like this would have turned into a comedy in like a split second if we just saw some dude like firing a pistol at one of the the spacecrafts oh gosh (laughs) you know these spacecrafts are like two or three football fields so yeah um, but no, oh, his uh, uh, G.T. Weber's character is used as the go-between between Banks and Donnelly and the rest of the United States. Um, yep. You know, he wants that peaceful resolution. He wants to figure out. But 
they have to work against the clock and he is basically that clock that's like yo you don't have much time <laughs> right you know we see how he wants to toe the line between helping them but also you know wanting to be cowboys like us in Americans America do and basically Independence Day the shit out of them right yeah. like let's send Will <laughs> up there <laughs> and <laughs> blow some aliens yeah America alright man let's jump into these uh the the sets don't really talk about the music the music is very slow burn but the sets yep. themselves man the military base is cool where they used in Montana but spacecrafts man yeah there was nothing very fancy about these it was literally just like an oval what's interesting right yeah it's it's different it's, yes right yeah that's... yes something that we have not seen before and then there's the interior yeah I think that's where the magic is. It's very plain, and it's almost like they're just like in a cave, right? They're just kind of, they're stepping out of, you know, the the outside, the open world, and they're going into this kind of cave, and it's not anything crazy. I mean, it's it's really hard to, to, to explain, but it's just like... You see it, and you're like, okay, if they're, you know, they're aliens, they're more advanced, that necessarily mean they have to have a crazy outfitted spaceship right yeah they would want to have something that's a lot more sleek a lot more practical and i don't know it's it's just different from what we always see so this last viewing and i've seen this movie a few times man um this last viewing for the pod was me thinking now that i have to like dissect the movie and everything yeah are those their actual spaceships that they use interstellar travel or planet to planet or whatever the case is this their everyday vehicle to get to work i i I don't know but it's retrofitted or or designed for that humongous kind of glass wall yeah and on the one side are the heptapods um the other side is the uh oxygen breathing human beings Right. right so they can communicate so where these done on purpose like like this there's something that they're these ships were beautifully made right and those are questions that we don't get answered but we also don't need to get answered to get to the plot and the and what the movie is about but it's something that i was just thinking about like dude what are these things and where did they come yeah. from which was really cool man what about the aliens, dude? What about the heptapods themselves, brother? What were your thoughts about them? It took a while for me to really understand what they were. At first, it looked like it was just like giant hands. Yeah. And then the giant hands, it's like it was like a finger would lift up and then it'd be some more small hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, um, you're right. Which was kind of, you know, it, it just takes a while to, to see it and... Obviously, as it goes through the movie, there's a you see a little bit more of them, a little bit more, a little bit more. But they're pretty cool. Once again, it was a simplistic thing, just like the ship. Yeah, you know, there was nothing crazy, scary about them or anything like that. If anything, they seemed very the look of them and everything seemed very peaceful. Docile is a good word, I think I, I would use. Yeah, because they weren't like I said scary, and they weren't like moving really fast or nothing like that, and they're just just kind of gentle with you know uh the, the pictures they were making and communicating back and forth and seeming to be okay with all of it the humans would come up and they would come out and they'd do their thing and then they leave and they leave yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it was really man. no it really didn't seem like a threat <laughs> and that and that's kind of the you know that is actually the plot of the movie there is yeah. this are they are they friend or foe are they a threat yeah. Are they friendly? What's what's going on here? I do like it when they get to the conclusion when they're actually communicating with them mm-hmm. that you know they have a a weapon. Weapon is the word. Um, mm-hmm. You know what do they mean by by weapon? Is is weapon good or bad? Right? Yeah, and I think she also. She also kind of says, you know, it might not. It might it could mean other things, not just weapon. And I think that that's part of like, so the whole plot is like, are they talking about weapons? Are they talking about tools? Are they talking yeah. about this and that or the other? And and each government is taking it different. That goes to show, you know, how, how do you communicate and how do you be correct when you yeah. don't know what they're saying? Because one wrong word goes from weapons, goes from 
tools goes to war and she is that that line that's trying to keep that from happening through the whole movie yep exactly what all of our protagonists are are trying to do there man all right dude let's uh let's talk about this theme for for a second and and you actually jumped in there and and touched on it here we know in this movie that the heptapods are here because they have a loosely translated word they have a weapon Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what that weapon is. We don't know what weapon means to them. Uh, cause we spend, you know, the first part of the movie just trying to figure out language that we can connect as humans to these heptopods. And once we do that, we find out that they say weapon. We don't know what that is, man. Yeah. This is a movie. I think it's a, it's a world bring it's, it's a movie to bring the world together as, as a theme where you have to work each other, man. I do like the parts yeah. where the different nations who are usually at war with each other have to bounce off ideas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, have to count on one each other because there's these things all over the globe and there's probably scientists and linguists and everything. And each one of the, these things across the globe, we just see the one in my, Montana, Yeah, but we have to do a better job as, um, human beings on planet earth to, to work together when something happens. I think that's a theme. Uh, the other theme, bro, I got to learn a second language, man. Like I can't go out. I can't finish. 34 i can't be just out here to speak in english man like i gotta learn something else like the day heptapods come down bro i want to know what they're talking about right <laughs> no <Nah>, i'm wilding <laughs> <laughs> all right team so that is our conversation about arrival released in 2016 uh jv Talk to me, man. Uh, I know this movie is a slow burn, but what are your thoughts and how many buckets of popcorn do you give it? Yeah, it's definitely a, a long road to the end, uh, but it was a fun road. It was a very confusing road. A lot yeah. of different emotions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, at some points, it can you can kind of lose a little bit of interest, but it brings you back pretty quick. This was my first time seeing it, and I'm going to give it a three out of five. Okay. Solid characters, uh, actors, the, the characters themselves were great. Uh, now that I know the movie, like, yeah. I don't really feel like I need to watch it again. Okay. Because I know, I know the outcome, so it's not a mystery anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that happens uh, with a lot of movies, but I feel like action movies and comedy movies, stuff like that, you want to come back again and again for, uh, but more serious movies and mysteries like cats kind of out of the bag mm-hmm. and for me you know my opinion it's hard for me to come back again to those kind of movies oh yeah but definitely worth a watch even if it's just the, the first watch regardless so what about you first man? first and only right <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know if, if i stumble upon it on 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 TV, I watch it, but I don't think I'm gonna go seek it out. I guess is what I'm saying. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. This movie gets four buckets of popcorn from me, man. Um, I am a big fan of Denis' work. I've seen everything that he's done in English, Prisoners all the way up to Fair. Dune, and everything in between. <laughs> and they've all been fantastic. All of his movies are slow burns. All yeah. of his movies have like deep, interconnected, thought-provoking conversations. Um, about humanity, right? I, I just love those type of themes, man. It's just fun. Right. It's just interesting. And it's not like I, I cannot turn my brain off. Like, I have to be able to focus and understand here because I'm learning something. He is yeah. the type of director, the movie maker, who is wanting to, to teach you something, man. He reminds me a lot of Christopher Nolan, where there's a lot of themes that they're throwing at you, and you, you have to catch mm-hmm. what you can. Um, or come back to the movie and catch other ones as well. I mean, like for this one, all it takes you is not catching the beginning of the movie to really mess you up at the end of the movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you, you get it's, you got to watch it all. And you got to you got to remember everything. If not, it's just the end of the movie is like I don't understand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why is this happening? This makes no yeah, sense. Exactly. Yes. For those people who like to show up late to the movie theater, like, you know, I don't know why you do that. Yes, not a good one to do that. Yes, yeah. not a good one to do it. 
if you're if somebody's if you're if somebody's watching this like on the couch or whatever and you come home to like after the first i don't know (laughs) three or four minutes just take it on into a different room bro you just missed it okay it's it's one of those movies man but no (laughs) the performances of the the three characters we talked about amy adams uh jimmy redder forrest whitaker dude just tour de force and fantastic uh, this movie's beautiful. The heptapods are interesting mm-hmm. uh, aliens, something we've never seen before. Um, even though we never got the chance to see them in its entirety, that's the draw for me. Right. That was really, really cool for me, right? Where there was never this big reveal of, oh, this is what these things actually look like. You got a little bit. Yeah. You know, it kept a lot to the imagination. And I like the spacecrafts. It was kind of like 75% resolved. Yeah, yeah. You don't ever learn the full reason of all this either. Exactly. You know, there's there's a there's a cliffhanger there no matter what. You know, is, is it necessary for it to be a, a, a perfect movie? No. And that's the beauty right. of, of this, right? Uh, yeah. not, it's, it's about, they bring us into this world and this event, but it's actually about something deeper. I love movies oh, yeah. like this, brother. And that's why this one gets, yeah, four bucks of popcorn. So, fantastic. Dope. Thank you for subscribing to this week's episode, Talking Through Arrival. Next week, we'll be discussing our top 10 movies of 2021. And you'll be able to hear me and Clyde bicker like an old married couple. I am Clyde Smith, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as I am Clyde D. Smith. I'm Javier Villalobos, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MrJ8200. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I gotta learn Spanish or something. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.